potentially better malpractice rates in the wake of tort reform laws that have capped damages on pain and suffering could be in the offing for physicians. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Richard Anderson. He's chairman and CEO of The Doctor's Company. Prior to running what today is the largest physician-owned malpractice carrier, Dr. Anderson was a clinical professor of medicine at the University of California, San Diego, and is past chairman of the Department of Medicine at Scripps Memorial Hospital, where he served as an oncologist for 18 years. Dr. Anderson is the editor of a book, Medical Malpractice, a physician's source book, and he's the author of numerous peer-reviewed articles and publications on everything from medical malpractice to the defense of medicine, and he joins us today from the doctor's company's offices in beautiful Napa, California. Dr. Anderson, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, it's just great to have you. I mean, it's a huge issue today, the issue of tort reform, which has been building on both the state and federal level. And there's some real movement on this front relative to tort reform and medical malpractice laws and legislation, if you will. Could you give us a little bit of your insight here on this? Yes, I think that we really have 30 years empirical evidence and verifications that appropriate and reasonable legal reforms are outstandingly effective, really remarkably effective in providing for a stable insurance market, appropriate indemnification for injured patients, and moderating the sometimes incredibly expensive malpractice insurance rates that physicians are required to pay. The experience really goes back to 1975 in California. Between 1970 and 1975, 80% of all of the medical malpractice suits in the 20th century were filed in the state of California. So the first medical malpractice crisis erupted in California, and as you can imagine, with that onslaught of claims was enormous. Governor Jerry Brown called a special session of the California legislature to deal with the crisis, and ultimately the Medical Injury Compensation Reform Act of 1975 was passed and remains the law in California. And the key provision of that act was a $250,000 limitation on pain and suffering. I hasten to add, it's very important to emphasize that there is no limit under the micro-reforms of total damages. This is a point that plaintiff's lawyers attempt to distort 100% of the time, claiming that $250,000 is not enough for a severe injury. But of course, there's no limit on the amount of indemnification for severe injury. And so basically, if there is a severe industry, it's not like someone is only going to get $250,000, which is often what some people might think. That's right. And that's basically the distortion that the plaintiff's bar tries to make. It's $250,000 for non-economic damages, which are essentially unquantifiable and which vary so enormously from jury to jury that there's very little equity from patient to patient in the application of those damages. But for any economic damages, whether it's medical care, rehabilitation, physical therapy, even rebuilding a house to accommodate a disability, all of that is covered at 100 cents on the dollar even under the micro laws. So in California, which is rated 48th, in other words, second from the bottom by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce as an undesirable place to be in court, we have the micro exceptions to that negative climate. And indeed, rates, medical malpractice insurance rates for California physicians are one-third to one-half 
of what they are in comparable states in the rest of the country. But you don't have to go back to 1975 for an example. In 2003, Texas was undergoing a truly horrendous medical malpractice crisis. In some counties in Texas between 2000 and 2003, there were three or four, it sounds incredible, but it's true, there were three or four medical malpractice suits per doctor within some of these counties on an annual basis. Impossible to believe, but yet that's in fact the case. It's a big number. <laughs> Huge number. And the Texas legislature finally addressed the problem, passed a series of comprehensive reforms, the touchstone of which was a $250,000 per all physician provider cap on medical malpractice indemnification. And since that time, rates in Texas have fallen 30 to 50%, which is really extraordinary. And I might add that people often forget the math on this. If a rate doubles, it takes only a 50% reduction to get it back to baseline. So the effect of these legal reforms in Texas has been absolutely extraordinary. At the same time, in 2003-2004, Ohio and Florida passed significant reforms, and they too have experienced the benefit of the outcome. Now, I want to add that the result of these reforms is not just that medical malpractice insurance rates for physicians are lower, and by the way, they're still not cheap. A California neurosurgeon, for example, might pay $50,000 a year for a medical malpractice insurance company. $50,000 is a lot of money, but it's not $250,000, which is what it might be in New York. But this is good for patients as well, because the whole point of medical malpractice insurance is to provide indemnification for patients who are truly interested. And so it's in everyone's interest to have a stable and adequately financed medical malpractice insurance industry. In the major medical malpractice crises uh, at the beginning of this century, a number, more than 20, medical malpractice insurance companies either went flat out bankrupt or at least stopped the sale of medical malpractice insurance. And of course, that's the worst possible thing. It leaves physicians without coverage and it leaves patients without a source of indemnification for their injury. So we all have an interest in a stable medical malpractice insurance system. Well, if you're just tuning in or you're new to our channel or if you've never heard our program before, you're listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Richard Anderson. He's the CEO of the Doctors Company, which is the nation's largest physician-owned malpractice carrier. And we're talking about the trend in medical malpractice and tort reform specifically. And there seems to be some real momentum. And Dr. Anderson was just telling us about how we've come a long way from the reforms in California of the 70s. And in recent years, Ohio, Florida, Texas, and I know here in Illinois, they've had some reforms. Is the ball still rolling toward more reforms, doctor? And also, where are we seeing some movement? And is it just malpractice reform? Or there some states are also getting into insurance regulation as well. Yes, it's a very interesting question. And Illinois, is, I'm glad you raised that. I mean, Illinois is an example where significant reforms were passed by the legislature and signed by the governor. But again, despite the clear intent of the legislature and the governor, have again been put into question by legal challenges that are now in front of the Illinois Supreme Court. And so the uncertainty of the fate of the reforms in Illinois undermines their value until that uncertainty is eliminated. I think that the fact that these reforms work is beyond question. And in terms of what the momentum is, 
the momentum for additional reforms across the country, to be honest, is ebbing somewhat. The states that have been able to achieve reforms have benefited from them, and the states that were unable to achieve reforms are not likely to achieve reforms in the current environment, mainly because medical malpractice insurance rates have now stabilized after a period of several years of rising dramatically. They're still very, very high. The analogy that I use would be like saying that New Orleans was okay when the floodwaters stopped rising. <laughs> It's not okay that when you're eight feet underwater, in a sense, medical malpractice insurance rates have risen. We'd like to see them fall, and in order for them to fall, we really do need legal reforms. And in some areas where they have, though, had tort reform and so forth, I know in Illinois there has been more competition, and I think they saw that in Texas. And usually that does bring a stabilization, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think the competition is very important. In other words... Despite our foes' uh, allegations to the contrary, companies don't go into business to lose money, and companies will not stay in business if legislatures or legal environments make it impossible to earn a return commensurate to the risk of the investment. In states that have uh, reasonable medical legal jurisdictions, then insurance becomes feasible. In states that have unreasonable jurisdictions, it becomes almost impossible to provide medical malpractice insurance covers without very high rates. I mean, after all, in states with no limits at all, what we're being asked to insure is infinity. In other words, we're being asked to insure unlimited damages. Well, if you're going to have unlimited settlements, then you're going to have to have unlimited premiums. If you have unlimited premiums, not only does this weigh very heavily on the individual physicians who bear a disproportionate burden of medical malpractice liability, in other words, percent of medical malpractice insurance bill for the healthcare industry that's paid by physicians is two or three times the share of income that's earned by physicians within the healthcare system. Is there anything going on with the election, 2008 is an election year, where if you're a medical provider out there listening or physician or whoever, and you are trying to get before any sort of debate, is there anything that our even our federal candidates can do on this front? Or are there certain states where there may be some bills or legislation that people might be looking to get involved in? I think that most of the success in this arena has been achieved at a state level, in part because medical care is typically regulated at a state level. Medical licensure is on a state basis. And, of course, at the end of the day, all medical care is delivered locally. Having said that, it is an issue that Congress has addressed and, indeed, remarkably, House of Representatives has passed micro-like reforms an absolutely stunning 10 times over the last decade or so. And House, that's both Republicans and Democrat control, too. Republicans right? and Democrats. The House has passed micro-like reforms that would be effective nationally 10 times. On the other hand, not once has this ever been able to get through the Senate. And I would say, if asked to prognosticate about the results of this election, it seems unlikely that the Senate composition would change in a way that would make it more propitious for medical malpractice reform. So I'm pessimistic that we can make major gains on a federal basis in the short term. And I think that action continues to be necessary at a state level. In the long term, I do believe that we will have more reasonable medical legal arena because we have to. In other words, to have a situation where more than 200,000 of America's 700,000 physicians are already in the National Practitioner Data Bank for medical malpractice litigation, and where there are 125,000 open claims every single day against America's doctors, 
and where 70 to 80 percent of all of these claims close without payment is unacceptable. The tort tax on the practice of medicine is billions and billions of dollars a year. The financing of medical care in the United States, quite obviously, is under enormous strain. And all of these billions of dollars that get drained out of the system that go into the pockets of the plaintiff's bar and a few patients who receive huge indemnities, that's removed from the money that is available to provide medical care. Well, certainly, Dr. Richard Anderson, you've given us a lot to think about, and I would like to thank you today for joining us on Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. You've been listening to the CEO of The Doctor's Company, the nation's largest physician-owned malpractice carrier, and we have been talking about trends in tort reform, which have been moving in a direction that physicians will appreciate. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library in on-demand podcasts. And I would like to thank you today for listening.